My name is Lindsay Hall, and welcome to Lighting the Match podcast. Before we begin our interview, I'm going to go ahead and read a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. That being said, we're going to go ahead and talk about culture and leadership. Joining us today is Tammy Matheny. Tammy Matheny, for those of you who don't know, is the owner of Refuse to Lose Coaching and author of several books. As a mental skills coach, she assists people in all walks of life and not just athletes. She helps them improve their confidence, focus, motivation, mental toughness, leadership, teamwork, and so much more. Tammy has a passion for helping others develop confidence and overcoming adversity. She has seen firsthand how mindsets determine the success we reach in all aspects of life. Tammy's goal as a mental skills coach is to make a difference in others by helping them develop tools for success. Thank you for joining us today, Tammy. I know that just scratches the surface, but we'll definitely get into more about what all you do. Well, I'm excited to be here, Lindsay, and uh, excited to see where this podcast is going to go. This is good. So we're going to go ahead. We'll just jump right into the interview. So number one, why don't you just tell us about how you fell into the work you do now and maybe some challenges you've experienced on the way through your journey and kind of how you dealt with them. So I know that's broad, but do what you can with that. Yeah, and, and I think uh, saying how did I fall into it is the perfect description because yeah. I did, did just kind of fall into it. Um, I started off as a men and women's tennis coach at Division II school and just through various twists and turns uh, got into the mental game and I used it just first idea was just to help my teams. And then I think most coaches, if you've been a coach, you look for that exit strategy of what can I do after coaching? I thought, huh, I could do this as a living. Um, and it's continued to evolve that from that time. Um, 12, 13 years later, it looks a lot different than my first year or two. And it's involved into being an author as well. So I'm a mental game coach and I tell people I have the greatest job in America. I help athletes, coaches, teams, administrators, parents of athletes work on the mental skills. Uh, we spend a lot of time on the physical skills. And I think the mental, when you add that, then you become the best athlete as well as person as you can be. Like, how were you okay with taking that leap of faith? Because obviously this isn't like a stable world, right? When you do like author, speaker, that kind of things, like you're really taking that leap of faith and putting yourself out there. So how do you deal with that, that nervousness you may feel to take that next step to do what you did? You know, it, you know, I'm smiling right now about that because it was a leap and that first year or two, I, I think every day, at least once a day, I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> what did I get myself into? And, you know, I had a, enough people around me, very positive, very supportive that believed in me and just the comments here or there of you can do it or I believe in you helped me. And then, uh, you know, my relationship with God helped a lot too. to mm -hmm. just have faith. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'll be taken care of at the end of the day. And I started shifting my focus on what I wanted to happen instead of my fears, which is a big message I tell athletes. Um, so I have seen that, you know, in my life of how powerful just shifting that focus can be. Um, you know, every once in a while you still, hey, where's that next job going to come from? But I know at the end of the day, if I just trust that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do, that uh, it's all going to work out. No, I love that. I love how you said that you just, the little comments along the way, it meant so much to you and really helped you probably get to that next day and trusting. I always, I have a sticky note by my desk that says, God gives me little pickups along the way on the way to my journey. So, and that it rings true for everyone to just 
each day, focus on the day, not five days ahead, because when you do that, it's just not going to work out. So I love that. Now, since you work with all these different coaches and leaders, because you don't work with just athletes and coaches, um, have you witnessed toxic cultures and poor leadership? And if so, could you like elaborate on the things you witnessed? Maybe any common themes you've noticed or? Well, you know, I think in the world as a whole, I'm noticing a lot more toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as people I'm working with, I've noticed a lot better. And I, I think that obviously if they're reaching out to me for help, they've bought into the idea of trying to become a better leader and trying to have a better culture. Um, I think it's a new wave as far as athletics. And, and I think a lot of your top businesses too, what else can we do to set ourselves apart? And you know, the mental round, leadership training, positivity training uh, seems to be the, the new, I hate to use the word trend, yeah. but new, for lack of better word, new trend of how to separate yourself from your competitors. Oh, um, yeah. So as far as my job, I'm seeing better. That's um, good. As far as the world, I think there is more toxicity. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like, how, how do you deal with the people? Because obviously, when people come to you, they're not coming to you because they're great. They're coming to you because they need that help. Like you said, they realize they're at a point where they need to make that positive change. But what do you do when you're working with like the teams and players that you work with? Because you probably have like one or two on the team that aren't bought in and you probably have coaches, which that's like, I think the main problem is it stems from there when the coach isn't doing what they're telling the players to do, but they're expecting you to do it, even though they're not showing the way. How do you try to get those people onto that right mindset and buy into what you're selling? Well, with the coach, usually they're the ones hiring me. So Mm -hmm. If they're paying the money, you, there is a somewhat of a buy-in, you hope. Right. Uh, the biggest challenge that I've had with a couple of them, though, is being able to apply what I'm teaching or giving to themselves. It, they're very quick to, oh, yeah, my, my athletes need this without looking at themselves mm-hmm. first. And that's not all of them. Yeah. But that's you know one example that I've run into. And my main message is there is that it starts from the top. Without realizing it, athletes are going to model their leader, their leaders on the team and their coaching staff. So it's important that that leadership, you know, they're modeling what they want from their athletes to get the best benefit. From a team standpoint, one of the first things I'll tell a team when I first work with them is, listen, there's no harm. This isn't going to hurt you to listen and try to apply it. There's you know, there's no way it could only benefit you. Yeah. But still, I know there's going to be a third of you guys who think this is a waste of time. And all I ask you to do is, you know, appreciate your other teammates that are trying to better themselves and just go daydream or whatever, but don't boohoo it and negativity to your other teammates. Um, because then you're being obviously the opposite of good leadership. So just trying to ask them, hey, I get it, but don't make it bad for everybody else. Um, I like that. When I do that and don't push it on them, sometimes you win some of those over. Um, but you know, that reminds me of one of the biggest lessons I made early on, Lindsay, was I could pinpoint, say, that third. I mean, I'm just using that number, but it, mm-hmm. usually on a team, it's about a third. And I would pinpoint them, but I would try to win them over so much. And when I realized that I was wasting my energy 
that could have been used on the ones that were wanting it. And so now I just try to give the majority of my attention, energy to the ones that are wanting it. And you always have a couple trickle over because it's, oh, well, maybe this would help me. Or, you know, so I have found that to be a little bit more successful, but knowing you're not always going to win everybody over. I agree. Like sometimes you always focus, I don't know why it is, like you could have a room full of people that love you and want your attention, but for some reason you focus on the one person who wants nothing to do with you because you want, it's just that you want what you can't have kind of thing. I think it's also good what you said about like, sometimes the coach is like, they need this help. And you know, it does start from the top. I've, I've definitely realized that like all the places I've worked, I notice a lot of times and I think they have good intentions, but they're telling everyone we need to be positive. We shouldn't be gossiping. We shouldn't be complaining but they're the ones that's complaining, gossiping and all that and doing it with the employees to make matters worse. So I think that's really good taking mm -hmm. a look at yourself as the leader as well. If, if that's the issue, sometimes I think you probably experienced, there are coaches that are giving their all and sometimes the team's just not, you know, buying in. So now what advice would you give to people stepping into new leadership roles or, you know, coaching roles? You know, several thoughts there, but number one is uh, what you focus on grows. And I know you've heard me say that a yeah, lot, Lindsay. Love that. It kind of goes back to that example that let's focus on the ones that are buying in to what you're saying and let that grow. And that can help it become a wildfire. I think the number two lesson would be leadership starts with you. Um, you know, John Gordon likes to say it's an inside out model. And too often, we're so focused on, you know, what someone else is doing instead of making sure that we're leading ourselves. When we lead ourselves first, then we can set into motion the examples and behaviors to get someone else to follow us. You know, when I work with teams, they're like, I can't get the whole team to buy in. Well, start with the person beside of you or one person you know wants a better team, a better environment. Get them on board. Then they reach someone and you reach someone. And it just kind of, of multiplies and catches fire that way. I love that lighting the match. That's what I love. Yeah, I, there I, you I, go. That's really cool. No, I, that's no, that's the point. What you just said right there is like, we light our match in return, helping other people light, you know, light their match. So that's, that's really good. I really like that. Um, what mark do you think for you after all the work you've done and all the people you've talked to, you've touched obviously so many lives, like, I've got to experience that firsthand. I've got to see emails come in and people really wanting your help with what you do. But what, besides all of that, at the end of the day, with everything you do, what mark do you want to leave on the world? Like, what do you want to leave behind when it's all said and done? You know, maybe I'm shortchanging myself, but I don't know if I want to leave a mark on the world. I want to leave a mark on everybody I come in touch with. I love that. Yeah. And can I make a difference? And that, that's my why. Every day, can I make a difference in at least five athletes or people's lives? You know, I hope it's more than that. But if you walk away from me, a conversation, a talk, interaction, feeling better, then I've left a good mark. And in my small corner of the world, hopefully that's making a difference. No, I love that. I think, I don't know if you've ever heard this story and it's kind of, my grandpa told it to me, it's like, super out of order don't even know the names of the people but to sum it up exactly what you said this one guy he was a um evangelist so he went and preached you know the message of um, jesus and the gospel and he did it his whole life for years and years and i think he only reached one person he only saw one person come to christ 
And that one person went on to be a huge evangelist and save millions of people's lives. He saw millions of people come to Jesus. I don't know if you ever heard that story, but that's uh, something my grandpa told me. I can't remember the names. I think the guy's actually, he's very like, we would probably know his name. I'd have to look it up, but I think that's your point. You help one person and in return, it's, it, cha- it does, it changes the world. You never know who they're going to touch after that. So I love that. Um, now- yeah, it's, you know, again, just to reiterate what you said, it's like, if, if I made a difference in something with you, then, you know, people like, Hey, how can I pay you back? Well, you pay me back by pay- paying it forward. Yes. And, you know, it's just such a better world when, you know, we have some level of confidence and that we can handle adversity in a productive way and to help someone get through adversity. um, Then I made a difference in the world. I made a difference in that person's day, which then they made it. They were more productive and positive to everybody they came into touch with that day. It's like a ripple effect. It is. And I, and I like that. And I think too, with watching what you do with all the different athletes and stuff. Cause I've had the pleasure of sitting in on that. I see even the younger kids, like you're really doing a lot with them as well. And that is going to change as they grow up, they're going to grow up with that knowledge and those tools. And eventually they're going to come back to me like, Tammy, I remember this talk and you probably won't even remember it, but they're going to say, I remember this talk you gave in 2022 and it changed my life, you know, and you taught me this is good. So I, I love that. Um, I, uh- I've got a great story really quick yeah, for that, if, if I can share. Of course. I was working one of my first jobs early on, and it was with a college team. And again, I'd made the comment about, you know, if you don't buy in, just don't mess it up for someone else. <laughs> and I knew this lady, this young girl wasn't buying in. And she even admitted to me, nothing against you, Tammy. I like you. You know, some of your stories are cool, but <laughs> I just think you just have to work harder. Nothing to do with the mental. Okay. You know, that's fine. Fast forward 12 years, she calls me up and she's not working in athletics, but wants me to talk to her company because it had finally like sunk into her brain, the difference that it was making. And that was like the biggest win I could have. Yeah, it took that many years, but you know, it was a great full circle story. That is so cool. Now, were you, you were working with her on a team, you said? Yeah, with, with her company. Her company. Oh, originally she was on a sports team. I was a sports team. And then she, okay, that's awesome. And so, and also just the touch base that just kind of reminded me of this. Well, one, I just want to say you're touching more people's lives than you probably even realize. So keep doing what you're doing. I think it's awesome. And I love the messages you share. Um, Also just to tell everyone real quick, I don't think um, I mentioned it in your bio and your description. You do stuff work with John Gordon as well in speaking. So do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about that and how they could contact you if they're interested in something like that? Yeah, you know, one of the main things I do, the John Gordon Company is the power of positive leadership, a workshop for that. And, you know, it's right up the alley uh, of the things you and I have talked about, of positivity, uh, of leadership, making a difference, dealing with energy vampires. And, you know, I've, I've had the honor of presenting that for, you know, athletic organizations, athletic teams, and non-athletic teams. And the energy when you finish that, because there is so much positivity, is amazing. And to hear from the people months after of how it energized them and helped them start to create a better culture, um, it, it's just been a really neat thing to be a part of. No, that's awesome. And where can they contact you um, for information, more information on that? And also your, um, of course, what you do for coaching as well. Uh, my email is Tammy, T-A-M-I at r2lc.com. 
and send me an email. I'll be glad to send more information. Um, you know, I'm pretty active on social media if you want a direct message. Uh, Twitter is at Tammy Matheny. Also, I have another handle. It's at R2L Coaching. Uh, pretty active on Facebook with some Facebook groups. Um, this is good. It's probably a great Facebook group for anybody out there just trying to help create a mindset of nothing is good or bad till we decide it is. And just trying to reinforce that every day through comments, activities, quotes, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's um, a that's a great group uh, just to say. And also, I follow along with that. And if definitely if you're looking for something to remind you of some positive thoughts each day, or just to be a part of a community that's striving towards the same goal. Tammy's group, she has the confident athlete one as well. And is there parents and games? Parents in the mental game. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And also, also I'll put those in the, um, uh, the bio too, for people to click on your yeah. links and stuff. So they'll be able to access it there. So now on to a new subject, just to kind of like finish everything out, we're going to talk about books. So what is your favorite book? If you have a favorite book and are you reading anything that you recommend? You know, I've been asked numerous times my favorite book. Um, it varies probably from the last thing I've read or the last thing I've pulled information from. Um, and, and not to, you know, I love all of John Gordon and Andy Andrews. I don't know if you're familiar with Andy yes. Andrews, but um, I love the parables. Um, you know, that how they write the stories and probably the book I go back to the most is Training Camp by John Gordon. And, yeah, and it's not one. one of the more popular ones of his, but I just love these 11 traits that the best do better than the rest. And I, I've used so much of that material with teams I work with as far as it impacting my life as well. Um, but what I'm reading now, and, and I've shared this with you, Lindsay, and you're aware of it, but good friend of mine, Chip Baker, and I started this virtual book tour when COVID hit, just to try to get more authors out there. And the one thing that it, it really has like opened my reading life to all of these new authors or ones I wasn't familiar with. And, and so it's taken me on a different path of reading than probably I've had um, before. And it's also given me a great opportunity to read people's works before because someone will say, hey, do you mind reading this? So I've been very lucky. I uh, just read a guy, Charles Schultz. He just wrote a book, Be Great. I was able to read that um, online before it was published. Great book. Um, Amy Kelly and Glue um, read that before. It's getting ready to come out. Amazing, amazing story there, as well as yours, Lindsay. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, the four forces applies, guys. Everybody listening definitely wants to pick that one up. <laughs> um, then a, a good friend of mine, uh, Chaz Jackson, just sent me through the eyes of Calvin Watkins, which is just kind of a blueprint for success. Easy read. I, I like easy reads uh, that I can just take the points and start applying. Um, and then Andrea Bittner uh, wrote Take Me Home, which is, uh, it'll just have you start seeing the world a little bit differently. Um, I, I could go on and on, but again, you know, I love hearing these books that aren't necessarily like, you know, on the bestseller list because, yeah. you know, but there are some great authors and I've been very blessed to be a part of that book club and just, you know, my reading world opened to to new ideas and new experiences. 
Yeah, I love that. And all of those um, authors that you listed, they're all awesome. And I agree, like, of course, like great for people, you know, who are those, you know, that everyone knows who they are. But sometimes I've noticed the best books I read are from maybe people that not everyone knows, but they're just so authentic and true. And it's their voice and it hasn't changed from, you know, print and so on and so forth. So love all those authors and books that you listed. And everyone should definitely go check them out. Um, now tell us a little bit about each one of your books. So you have several books, um, just, you can give us like a little brief overview of each one and also where they can find them. And I'll make sure I put that as well in the podcast for them to click on. Um, all of them are on Amazon or for group deals, you can reach out at my email. Uh, the confident athlete was the first book. Uh, it really probably was selfish when I wrote it. Was helped me kind of let go of some limiting beliefs I held about myself that I couldn't write. Um, but it's four easy steps that I've identified that can help you build confidence that you can control. You know, too often, yeah, it's easy to have confidence when you get the results, but can you maintain your confidence even when you're not having the results? So I want to give four easy ways that if you apply on a consistent level can help you get off the confidence roller coaster, like I like to call it, and have a strong foundation. I followed that up with the confidence journal. It's a great journal that just kind of, it can go along with the confident athlete or stand by itself, but with a daily confidence quote or tip or idea and gives you space to write about your confidence journal. The third book was This Is Good, which is, you know, my favorite motto. I wear it on my wrist. Uh, the idea behind that is nothing's good or bad till you decide it is. And can you keep your mind alive long enough for something good to take place? So maybe an event that isn't as good. It's a story I tell with every team I work with. Some like roll their eyes, say it's cheesy. Others are like, okay, this is cute. And then they forget about it. Every once in a while, you get that athlete and team that like grab a hold of it. And it so happened one team I was working with grabbed a hold of it. And their journey with them taught me as much as I probably taught them. And they ended up overcoming lots of obstacles and finding the power they had inside themselves. So they said, hey, you got to write us a book about us. And so that ended up being a book. And it's a different type of book than I would normally write, probably, because it, it does tell the story. But at the same time, I'll pause and give lessons of lessons I learned, lessons I use to help them. Uh, so it's a combination book. And then this last one that you were part of, yes. um, Challenger Deep, which, uh, again, I, you know, everybody listening, Lindsay came up with the awesome title name for that. But I didn't know until Lindsay brought it to me that Challenger Deep is the lowest depth you can reach in the ocean. So the lowest spot on Earth. And so we collected 30 stories, lessons, uh, you know, parables, fables that short and sweet, that then we give you some questions to think about it and then ways you can further take it and apply it in your life. And all of them deal with overcoming adversity and moving, rising above that low spot that you're in or helping someone else rise above, you know, the low spot they're in. So been very excited with that one and loved working with you on it. And so did I, it was a it was a pleasure and I was honored and it was, it was a really um, nice experience, especially for my, you know, my first time kind of like seeing how it all was put together and stuff. It was a great experience and all of Tammy's books are awesome. And you got to check out all of them. It, they give you clear instructions on what to do. And this is good is different. Like you said, than you know, 
the confident athlete, but it's really great, especially I think for any sports team to develop that mantra of that this is good. And actually, I think we should end this podcast with you telling us probably for the millionth time you told this, <laughs> the, the parable of this is good. I think everyone would love to hear that. All right. Well, it's an old African folktale, so I can't take credit for it, but it, it has become my go-to definitely. Um, there was a king in Africa and he had his best friend that he kept with him wherever he went because the best friend would remind him, this is good. It could be the worst day in the world and the best friend, this is good. So they go out hunting one day and the best friend loads the king's rifle for him. Well, it backfires and blows the king's thumb off. The king is irate, sends his best friend to jail. All the way to the jail, the best friend was like, this is good. He gets to jail, the other guys in jail are like, you're an idiot, this isn't good. Your best friend just threw you in jail. No, this is good. Um, Fast forward, he's still in jail after a year and a half and the king goes out on another hunting party. Well, the hunting party is captured by a band of cannibals. And the cannibals are going to eat and kill them one by one. But they were very superstitious. And they got to the king and didn't, they saw that he didn't have a thumb. Well, they didn't believe in eating or killing anything that wasn't whole. So they let him go. He was like, oh my gosh, my best friend saved my life. And he runs back to the prison, gets down on his knees, begs for forgiveness. Of course, the best friend says, this is good. The king like, is like, I know it was good for me. You saved my life, but I've wasted a year and a half of your life. No, this was good for me as well. For you see, if I had been with you, I could have been Ill, uh, killed and eaten. And, you know, I heard that story. And when I did, it was just like one of those light bulb moments that went off. And I thought, yeah, we could apply that to anything in life. Everything, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it stinks to lose your thumb, but I lose my thumb any day to keep my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, go to jail for a year and a half, but, you know, instead of dying. Okay. And again, I hope that's like very dramatic from what teams I have to work with, but it's getting them to see, okay, what is good about this injury or what is good about this loss? Very few teams, you know, they don't have that loss. They can look back and like, yeah, we learned from that. That was good. We, we kept positive or we were able to bounce back from that. And so just when bad things happen, our human nature is to revert to negative. But if we can just pause for a second and stay alive mentally, then we allow something different and often better to come into our lives. I love that. This is good. This is good. And that's what uh, Tammy shared with me with that with me and also gave uh, me, sent me a copy of her book. This is good. And I got the chance to read it and it's amazing. You guys got to check it out. I I use this is good as well. I try to remind myself of the, this is good and everything in life, even though it's hard. And I hope that was a good send off for you guys. And you all really enjoyed everything Tammy talked about and shared with us. Um, Like again, said again, I'll go ahead and link all of Tammy's information and how to contact her in the bio below the podcast. So thank you for joining us. And this is good.